Get yourself psyched. I'm psyched! Psych up. Let's go. Good, because I already started recording. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I am Justin. And I'm Jordan. And welcome to another video game podcast. Where different gamers talk about different games. That's right. I am a fantasy RPG player and Jordan is a first person shooter competitive Love player. Them. Love them, love them, dude. Today's episode, man. I I'm tell I'm gonna tell you I'm a little nervous. I'm a little excited, um. But it's about Skyrim. It's about Skyrim. I know this is a My huge game. Yeah, I know this is a huge game for a lot of people. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be here and to do this. Um, before we get started, I do just want to shout out that Justin's been doing a ton of work on the back end. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on the podcast app. I mean, anywhere that you can listen yeah, to a podcast. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. We're on all three of those places now. So yeah. however you like to listen, you can now listen. Yes, yes. Wherever and whenever, we are here for you guys, for the listeners. That's why we do this. And because exactly. we fucking love video games. Yeah, it's not because of our own selfish need to talk about our opinions <laughs> on video games as very opinionated people. It yeah. is for you. And then, you know, eventually we're in it for money, but not right now. <laughs> yeah, eventually we'll become sellouts. And yeah. <laughs> right, that's the natural progression of things. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think we just go. We just start, you know, let's do it. Yeah. So the Elder Scrolls Skyrim, the one of the, uh, the, if you look at the timeline of RPGs, and you look at which ones are going to be the most influential. Skyrim is one of them for sure. It's up it, there. It's... it's influenced so many other things. And uh, mm -hmm. you see a lot of what started in Skyrim. And a little bit before Skyrim, the previous Elder Scrolls, you see that in a lot of the uh, the new uh, RPGs coming out today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would definitely agree with that. Um, Justin, what made you initially like want to play Skyrim? What like pulled you into it? I so I played the previous game, Oblivion, when I was a kid, and uh, I remember my dad showing it to me um, when I was a kid and being like, "Dude, this game, Oblivion." He didn't call me dude, but he was like. <laughs> This game, Oblivion, has the best graphics I've ever seen. Look how realistic this looks. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and if you look back today, it looks like dog shit. <laughs> and uh. <laughs> it, it looks really bad. And then eventually, uh, I think, gosh, how old was I in 2011? I can't remember. But when Skyrim came out, it was a big deal. Um and uh, so I was already really into the fantasy genre and all that kind of stuff, mainly because I grew up having no friends. And mm -hmm. so I, I instead nerd. of instead of thanks, uh, <laughs> you would have absolutely been one of my bullies in <laughs> school. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was a dick. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, I didn't really have any friends, so I never really had anyone be like, oh, let's hop online and play COD. I was I was more just like, what can I do for escapism and and uh, having my own experience? And uh, I mean, I've been playing games since I was 
as long as I can remember. And, uh, but it was in these single player games that I grew up with that I really found escapism and I was playing them all day and all night. And I have multiple, not hundreds, but thousands of hours into Skyrim. And it's an, it's an intense relationship that we have. You know, I, I think we've all been there. I mean, yes, I tend to stick to like first person shooters and things like that, but you know, I think we've all been just absorbed into a world and we're just trying to escape the world that we live in. I think everybody can really relate to that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the, the elder scroll series, um, what's funny is that you texted me when we were talking about this and you said, uh, uh, let's talk about the, well, you, you texted me your ideas and you said, uh, let's talk about the two previous games before it. And I was like, well, actually there's four previous games. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of confused about that. Go, go into a bit more detail because I've only ever heard of like whatever the first one is and then Oblivion and then Skyrim. I didn't know about any of the other ones. This was back in the days. It was either right during or right before the first Doom game. And Bethesda was a company. They were still a video game company, but they were making sports games, specifically notoriety of like Wayne Gretzky's hockey. Really? Yeah. And they, the team visited another game studio, and I can't remember their name, that were fantasy RPG makers. And they, um, the, and I think it was, uh, I think it was Todd Howard that said, uh, well, we should try something like that. And the room literally laughed at them. And so (laughs) in response, they made the Elder Scrolls Arena. And that was the very first one. It wasn't original by any means. Um, mm-hmm. It was a. It was solid. It was. It was an average RPG um, for back then, which was you know you point and click to move. It was still in first person, but there weren't yeah. a ton of first person fantasy games. First person was starting to pick up, but it was shooters. Yeah. Um, Bethesda had made a first person shooter at that time, which was a Terminator game um, really? that was pretty successful. It did pretty well. And they have then they made uh, the uh, arena, which arena was was weird in that everything was procedurally generated. Meaning, if you go into a dungeon, it's random. If you go into a town, it's random. The That's NPCs cool. are random. And I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was like a very new thing. The first game that I remember playing that had that was No Man's Sky, just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, it was really easy to do back then because the texture quality wasn't that good, so you didn't have to make a whole lot of detail in these games, and so you, it was okay to have a giant map with that was procedurally generated. Where games today are a lot more handcrafted because mm-hmm. the amount of detail that is expected is too much to do for mostly procedurally generated worlds. Okay. Okay. So they did pretty well. And then the Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall came out, which is the biggest map of all the Elder Scrolls games. And when I say biggest map, I don't mean like, oh, it's jam-packed with stuff to do. I mean literally the physically longest map. And there were long, very, very long stretches of nothing. And this is this is the some of the dungeons were still procedurally generated. Some of the NPCs were still procedurally generated, but they had a little. You want to try that word again? What did you just say? Procedurally generated, and but they did have a little bit more 
solidity to it where the towns and some of the major npcs were crafted and so it was a little bit more permanent um okay and that's when you got into stuff like you could make your own spells and you can enchant items and uh they and they made a skill tree and leveling up system uh and that was that was it still wasn't quite original but it was a better move than arena Okay. And and then they came into their bread and butter, which was the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Wait, hang on, real quick. Why was it a better move? Like, what made it better than doing the procedural? Just because the procedural, yeah, that. Um, well, why, even why was it better? Well, imagine if you're you're trying to play a game, and you want to replay it, but you have no idea what to expect, and the computers computers sometimes are not smart. They can make really poor level designs, and uh... they could. They, and like, I, it would suck for me as an RPG player. I like getting familiar with towns, and I like getting familiar with people in games. That's a huge part of why I play, and it makes it feel more real if that place is the same. Yeah, and those people are the people. If it's a, rather, yeah, than... yeah. If it's a place that you can come back to, and you know that one NPC where you can get X item always is always here, that makes sense. Right. right. Yep. It's it's that familiarity with it where you cannot become familiar with anything in Arena. Okay. Okay. And uh, so Daggerfall was another thing that Daggerfall had uh, was something that became a big part of most Elder Scrolls, of all the Elder Scrolls games, is you could also buy your own house and have a dwelling, you know, to put all your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and a place to go back to. <laughs> and uh, then they came into their bread and butter, which was Morrowind. Morrowind was the staple of, like, this is what to expect. This is this is Elder Scrolls identity. And mm-hmm. It was a uh, everything was handcrafted. This is when they when they all the NPCs were crafted, and um, it's a janky game to go back to. <laughs> I did go back to it, and it's janky. But I mean, it's also really old. I know yeah. a guy that's in his forties. He he just turned forty, and he talks to me about how when he was in college, he used to just bum around all day, smoke weed, and. Uh, play Morrowind, <laughs> and he loved that I can world. Relate to that, and uh, this is when it became a bit more about story, um, mm-hmm. where the previous ones were kind of just wandering around this world, and they didn't really have a huge main story, or at least not a really compelling one. Yeah, and this is when it was all about a story, and you were a chosen one, like you are the chosen one, which would become a Bethesda trope that got old. Yeah. Never but, heard that one before. Yeah, never. Um, but uh, it was uh, it was a masterpiece for the time. Yeah, the the world was huge. It was really confused. It was easy to get lost. It wasn't until the next two games that you actually had a a marker on your map of where to go. Like really? if they told you to go somewhere, you had to figure it out. You, you had, had to, to look know. at the map. You had to look at the map and actually find your way. Um, and that, it was easy to get lost. Yeah, I could see that being real fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And this is when you got to create your character uh, on you, you, the whole body body of your character. It wasn't just first person. You could go between first person and third person, and uh, so you could see your character in action. 
Um, he was a lot more involved um, with what the player wanted uh, rather than random stuff. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was a lot more choices. And this is what probably one of the coolest things that happened that has spread to other RPGs, and not all of them, but um, there were guilds and stuff like there's a mages guild. Okay. And you could not progress in the mages guild unless you had a certain level of expertise with magic. And you were in, so you, and the way you gained levels, this was the coolest part about, um, is instead of just, oh, you got to level up, you choose the stats you want to level up in. Like I want to level up my blade skill and all that kind of stuff. It was actually, you level up your skills by practicing the skill. The more you used a one-handed weapon, the the better your one-handed weapon skill would become. I kind of remember that from the brief time that I played Skyrim. Yeah. And then like the, uh, if you use magic more, um, then that type of magic you'll become more proficient in. And you can also read books. You can find books around the world that are like, you didn't have to actually read them or anything, but once you picked it up and your character, you know, started to read all of a sudden you'd see like, let's say it was a book about like a manual about shields. You can Mm -hmm. all of a sudden raise your block skill by picking up that book. Um, and you, there are also trainers. Like if you find someone in the mages guild, that is a master, you know, destruction wizard, you can tell him, Hey, I want you, I'll pay you and you train me. So basically just pay money and you can level Mm -hmm. up a few times. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was when Elder Scrolls really found its identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then my personal favorite out of the bunch was Elder Scrolls Oblivion which came out after that, which is the one that I first played when I was a kid. Okay. Um, going going back, the graphics are terrible. The combat sucks. <laughs> um, which, first of all, I think all the Elder Scrolls games combat sucks. Because that's yeah, not what it's about. I kind of remember that from playing Skyrim. And I watched a little like gameplay in preparation for this. And it seemed a little janky. It's just... <laughs> boring and not complex at all it's just pull out your sword start matching and then occasionally block or you know use magic or whatever it may be yeah there was like no there's no like combos or anything like Mm -hmm. that which i i kind of feel like a game like if i'm gonna carry around some sort of like bludgeoning weapon Mm -hmm. you know like i want the ability to like duck and roll and to like swing my weapon in certain ways and like light no, hit, it, heavy hit it's it's kind of funny you so there are light hits and heavy hits um in in all of them but what's okay. kind of funny you say that in oblivion you could do that a little bit more than you could in skyrim like if you're blocking and mm-hmm. you move in a direction and hit the jump button you'll do a roll um or you'll dodge and mm-hmm. if you there's even an acrobatic skill that you can level up just by like jumping around and stuff and if you get that high enough you can do like a backflip instead of just Yo, roll backwards that's kind um, of lit. it's really cool and another thing that they took out of Skyrim that drove me nuts this is probably the number one in terms of game mechanic and actual function that drove me insane about Skyrim is in Oblivion I could wield a two-handed weapon and I, you still have a spell slot and I can select a spell that I can use by pressing C. And uh, in Skyrim, you actually have to equip a spell to your hand. So it is impossible to use a two-handed weapon and a spell at the same time. Whereas well, then it, why would you ever use a two-handed weapon? 
Well, you can become like a jet. There are people you, there were so many classes. That's another thing the class system was crazy where like you can be perfect because you had your, you had your uh, major skills and your minor skills, your major skills. You got to choose by either selecting a pre-made class or making your own and you can make your proficiency in those. So those, there were seven major skills and those seven are the only ones that would actually level you up. Where if you if you're increasing these skills, you can level up. Where if you're increasing the other ones, you're not going to level up. Um, and so you could be a battle mage that I'm going to wield. I'm going to have heavy armor, and I'm going to wield this giant blunt hammer with two hands, and I'm st- also going to use like restoration magic to heal myself. Um, and that was useful. Because I remember playing Skyrim, and let's say I wanted to play, um, let's say I was, even even if I was playing a, a warrior, I still wanted to have some restoration magic to heal myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I was playing a two-handed warrior, I would have to go in the menu, unequip the weapon, go to the magic menu, equip spells, use the spell, go back in the menu, switch back to my weapon. Which was annoying. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. Does it at yeah. least pause when you go into the menu? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, and that, that was annoying, but I, so I liked the combat system, even though it was very floaty and you you didn't really feel like your hits had much weight in oblivion. I liked Mm -hmm. it better. Um, and I also think the quests were better, but this isn't a a whole podcast about oblivion. I'm going (laughs) on to the big one on November 11th, 2011. So 11, Mm -hmm. 11, 11, Skyrim came out. And let me, so to preface this, uh, Morrowind sold, I think it was, oh gosh, I should have fact checked this beforehand or else people are going to tear me apart. (laughs) I think it was somewhere in the realm of 400,000 copies or more, or maybe even 4 million. It was four something, but by the time Oblivion came out. Oblivion sold a little bit more than that by the time that Skyrim came out. Skyrim mm-hmm. sold 7 million copies in the first week. In the first week? In the first week. It sold enough copies to give one to every person in, like, the population of a small country. Right. Damn. In, in the first week. And I think a large part of that is because of the time it came out. Because mm-hmm. I just think of the generation of gamers, and when I was a kid, you know, my dad was playing games, but he he remembers playing Tetris, you know, ew, and Pac Man. Don't diss those; those are good games. <laughs> no, 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 no. Those were dog shit games. Let's not let's uh, compare to played Tetris on my phone, jackass. Wh- why? Because we're good. It's fun. <laughs> okay, it's fun. fun. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, my wife and I play competitive Tetris sometimes. Leave me alone. Um, but mm. we, uh, no, he, and I think that a lot of gamers were us or a little bit older is when gaming really started becoming mainstream. Mm-hmm. You know, gaming back then when Oblivion and Morrowind came out and stuff, it was like gaming's going to rot your brain. And I think it was when I think Skyrim came out at the perfect time when the the age of people that had played the prior games, they were finally, you know, not having their parents buy them games or mooching off their parents games. Yeah. They were getting their own games. And 
I think that that's a big reason as to why it did it did so well. I think it came out at the perfect time. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um. Okay. So I mean, on the cover of Skyrim, we see this really cool symbol of a dragon. Yes. Now I want to know, like, I want my own fucking dragon. How do I have a pet dragon? I want to name him Bob, and I want him to go get my fucking groceries. You're going to be slightly disappointed. (laughs) I like to imagine you riding the Super Saver on a dragon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or just, like, flying through a drive-thru. But uh, you're going to be pretty disappointed with the dragon riding. So the the game itself, first of all, uh, we haven't really talked about the main story yet. There are spoilers in this. Um, I don't know why you haven't played Skyrim yet, if you're... It's on about them spoilers. at this point. Yeah, at this point, it's yeah, it, that's on you. But yeah. there are spoilers. Um, but Skyrim ha- main plot point was dragons. Again, you're the chosen one. Um, you are what is called the dragonborn. So basically, dra- in this time, at the beginning of the game, dragons are extinct. Um, and there, there have not been dragons in... Years and years and years. You know, 200 years was the last sighting of a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it went back even longer than that in terms of, like, actually seeing them all around. Um, and dragons actually used to rule the world. That's another thing about the whole Elder Scrolls series. There is enough lore in them to rival Lord of the Rings in terms of there's a huge history of how the world was made and a whole bunch of stuff that you never see in game. You would never know unless you... Uh, Unless you read a lot of the books in the games, which there are hundreds and hundreds of books in each game, and there's so much really? more in all of them. Yeah, like written like books that were made by people that written, wrote stories of that people that I would say like five percent of the players would read. Yeah, um, you're not gonna catch me reading any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> there are YouTubers that'll do it for you. There's actually YouTubers that will read every book in, in a video. Um, but anyways. This, the dragons have been extinct, and you are, uh, you're in a situation where you, uh, you're basically you're a prisoner, and, mm-hmm. um, and you're about to get your head chopped off, and all of a sudden, a, a giant gray dragon lands on top of a building and starts wrecking havoc on this town, and so you escape that town, you go and warn a a jarl, which is. Nordic and and it's kind of like a count or you know like a the leader of a town like a governor. Mm-hmm. Um, you inform the jarl and he uh, he sent he sends you on another quest to help him investigate the sighting of dragons. You go and get a dra- you get and get this this tablet that uh, you that comes into more significance later, and um, then you're you're told oh there's a dragon found outside of the town. And so you go out, and this is the first time you actually fight this dragon. And this was a huge deal at the time. Um, graphically, it was crazy to see something that big that you're fighting, this giant dragon. Because mm-hmm. um, graphics, at the time, for each of these games, they were on the cutting edge. You know, this I was remember, as good as it gets. Yeah, I remember it being fucking incredible. Like, the, the very brief times that I played Skyrim. I do remember being blown away by the graphics, and I think that's what really drew me in, like to to the to the game Skyrim. Even though I didn't play it a ton, I think that's what drew me in was just like seeing like 
holy shit, like I didn't even realize that something like this could even be created. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful game. But uh, you fight this dragon, and all of a sudden you see that there's a glow coming out of it, and its soul goes into you. And that's when you find out you're something called Dragonborn. So basically, the the I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. So Dragonborns are the people with the blood of a dragon. And they have been thought to have been gone for 200 years, literally. Mm-hmm. And um, you are the last Dragonborn. That's your title throughout this whole thing. And so you're the chosen one, and you have to save this the world from this dragon called the uh, the the World Eater, which it's it's a it's a whole big thing. I can't go over the whole story, obviously, but you know it's your classic. You're the chosen one. You're the only one that can do this um, type of thing. So when you say dragonborn and blood of a dragon, in my head, I'm picturing. Like some dude trying to squeeze his way out of a dragon pussy and being like, hi, mom. And oh, the dragon is just like, <laughs> like, what, what are we talking about here? That's exactly right. That's how the game starts. Nice. Nice. Um, no. Uh, so <laughs> basically the only function that it has in the game, there's two main functions. One is that a dragonborn is the only thing that can officially kill a dragon to the point where it can't be resurrected. Because that's what's been happening is dragons have been being resurrected by something. Uh-huh. And um, dragonborns are the only thing that can actually kill it because instead of their soul going somewhere else, they absorb their soul. And they can't be brought back. So and, I'm kind of confused because, like, so are, are dragons in this game, are they our friends? Are they our enemies? Enemies. Like, but they were, they were all, that feels so sad. They were all gone and now they're coming back and we're trying to kill them all off again? Well, because they're trying to kill us. It's not like they're just That's here to hang. That's a fucking point. <laughs> yeah, they're just not birds. The lore is that before men ruled and men and elves and stuff, it was the dragons. Dragons ruled and enslaved all of mortals. Oh. Yeah, so they were oh, they were slavers. So they, they were assholes. Yeah. Okay. And so whenever uh, a dragon breathes fire or breathes ice in this game, they're actually speaking their own language. Whenever they speak this language, which is called a shout, that their that language becomes the element that they're speaking of. Um, I just remember screaming "Foose!" Yeah, which which means force, which is why you, there's a force. It's, it's basically just a giant push. Um, that means force, okay. and so it's uh, and so the uh, you you have the ability because there are men and elves that can learn the the language of the dragons and actually be able to because other people can just say the words and nothing's going to happen it takes a lot of training to be able to actually turn it into something and those people dedicate their entire lives to it and uh literally they for their entire lives they live to be like a hundred and some and they that's all they do is train and but a dragonborn can look at the language and just do it which is where you come in in terms of gameplay now that's like i'm a childhood prodigy is what you're saying pretty much yeah you you have the dragon blood and so i can just read um the the word uh uh the read like i can't remember i think it's soul s-o-l which Mm -hmm. means sun and that's part of the fire breath one and i can just yell that at people once reading it um 
but you have to get a dragon soul. This is where this is more of a game mechanic rather than actual lore. But if I read a word, um, like a like a like a health drain shout or something, if I read that, I cannot actually use it until I spend a dragon soul on it in mm. in, in the menu. So basically, the more okay. dragons you kill, the more shouts you can learn. So I vaguely remember does does shouting attract dragons no there are two shouts one of them is in the dlc that is literally called call dragon and uh this one summons a dragon that flies overhead and assists you oh Um, and so basically calling on like an aerial strike medieval style and uh the way you ride dragons is in the in the dlc called dragonborn um you learn a new shout that let, called bend will that uh, that lets you control, mind control people. You can the first uh, first the, every spell every shout comes in three chunks and it gets more powerful if you learn each word. So there's technically three words per shout. Um, and so the first word you learn doesn't really let you do a whole lot. It lets you do like minor creatures. The second mm-hmm. word lets you control humans and creatures. And then the third one, you can do that to dragons. And if you do that to a dragon in this game, you can it'll land after defeating all your enemies. So basically, if a random enemy dragon shows up, I can use that shout, it'll land, and I can hop on. Now, this is where the disappointing part comes in. Because of technical limitations, you cannot ride it around the entire world like a horse. It literally what just it fuck? just goes in it just goes in a circle and you can just mash buttons so it'll attack your enemies for you. So it's it was kind of stupid. And uh yeah, it was it was a big That's bummer. disappointing. I know. I wish I could have just rode that thing like a horse and go from place to place, but you can't. You can only stay in one little area. And eventually that shout wears off too, so he'll attack you again. Uh, oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. So the the biggest thing about Skyrim and Oblivion, because their main stories are fine. The combat's not so great. The thing that entraps you is the world itself. The the world is one where you can go off the beaten path in any direction and you will find something new and interesting to do. Um, and it's very, very easy. Like, I have played thousands of hours in the Skyrim. I have never done every quest. Um, there are probably yeah. many things I still don't know about. And there's a lot of little nooks and crannies and, uh, and you know, unique items and even unmarked quests that don't even go in your quest book. But like in little stories, you can see, um, and so that's what it's about. It's about the adventuring. It's the it was the ultimate adventuring game that you could um, go off the beaten path okay. and still be just as enthralled. Okay. Um. So yeah, speaking of like side stories and shit like that, I I briefly remember like this really popular. I think it's like a guild or a faction or some bullshit like that. Where it was like in the basement and everybody was hooded, and I just remember getting like mesmerized and drawn yeah. into that, and just like just wanting to do that. I think it was like the Brotherhood of something. Do you know what I'm uh, talking about? So there's there's two that you're kind of, that you may be referencing. I think you're talking about the Dark Brotherhood, which is assassins. Mm, I think that was it. I think that was it. So they kind of like baby gloved the Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim, in my opinion. Really? There's, oh yeah, in Oblivion, there's like 
choppy. Like everyone there is a psychopath. Like they're they're not doing it because they had nowhere else to go. They were raised in it and all these kind of things. It was like literally like some of them were like that, but some of them were also just like, yeah, I kill my enemies, feed on their flesh, and love watching their loved ones be sad about it. And you know, it was like that. <laughs> I was just say that that like. You know, eating the flesh of my enemies, I mean, that really gets me going, too. And then when I watch their family cry, dude, that's when I just yeah. get rock fucking it was, hard. It was, it was fucking metal. Like, <laughs> it, it was, it's crazy in, in that one. And it's, it, this quest makes so many twists and turns. And the quest in, in Skyrim is not bad at all. But, no, the, the factions are a huge part of Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they they have usually just like one for each type of character. In Skyrim, if for warriors, they have a group called the Companions, um, which are basically mercenaries that are also all, they're all about you know valor and honor and glory and all this. Um, and then there's also for mages, there's the College of Winterhold, which is literally what it sounds like. It's a college for mages. Um, but uh, there's a lot of hijinks that go around there. And what's cool about that faction is the general outlook of the regular populace, which in Skyrim, it's up. No- Skyrim is a place. It's it's in the north of what's called Tamriel, which is like the mm-hmm. main body of land. And uh, you know, it's it's like Canada for you and I. Um, but it's run by these guys called the Nords. They're the prominent race there. They're hardy, hardworking. They're your they're your Vikings. They they were they were influenced by Nordic uh, folklore and Vikings and all that kind of stuff. So imagine warriors and barbarians and all that kind of stuff. And so their general outlook towards magic usually is like, keep that away. Nothing good happens with magic. Um, And so there's a huge amount of distrust to the college. Um, So there's the College of Winterhold for mages. There's the Thieves Guild, obviously for thieves and rogues. Mm. Um, and then there's the Dark Brotherhood, which is kind of its own thing, which is really cool. You can just role play as an assassin, and it's like a, a very dark person and an evil person. And they have like one of everything in there. There's a warrior type. There's all this kind of stuff. Um, it's usually more beneficial if you go in as a rogue, just because there are bonuses you can get if you do things discreetly rather than just go in axe swinging. Yeah. Um. And so those are like the main factions that are always there's there's always this one for every character type. So you keep saying like warriors or rogues, right? I heard you brought up like elves. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like what what are you really describing here? Because like I, I guess I do vaguely remember that like I could play as a human or I could play. I I, I swear to God, I feel like I remember. There was a character that looked like Bosk from fucking Star Wars, like a lizard person. Yes. Yeah, they were like Argonians. Like, talk to me about that. So there's every race has an origin and where they came from and uh, and what their heritage is like. And they all have innate abilities. Um, Like Nords, like I said, are Vikings. And if you choose a Nord, you get an immediate boost to your your warrior skills, you know, your heavy armor, your weapons, mm. your shield, all that kind of stuff. There's, uh, there are a multitude of races. So there's some that are more humanoid ones that are elvish. Um, there are orcs and there are, uh, two very unique ones called Khajiit, which are cat people. 
and uh, Argonian, which are lizard people. And uh, they're they're all very unique in their own ways. Um, and so there are like Argonians, which are very unique, which like I said, are lizard people. They have an immunity to or resistance to poison and they can breathe underwater. Talk to me about the cats. I want to be a fucking cat. The cats are interesting. So the cats have an innate power you can activate called Night Eye, which allows you to see in the dark. Um, they're very agile, really good for a rogue. And they are uh, they also have claws. So if you're you if you're using barehanded we- or you're just your bare hands as weapons, which you can absolutely do, you actually use your claws and do more damage. Mm, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and so then you can choose, you can kind of become a jack of all trades or you can go down one path. And that's what I really like about the Elder Scrolls games. You don't have to just choose, like, I'm going to be a mage and I'm going to wield fire and heal people and cast illusions. It's like, no, I want to be, you could be like, I want to be a warrior that has a sword in one hand, but also has a fire, fire bolts in the other. And I'm also really good at sneaking. You can do all of that. So can you can you max out like a character? Can you get a character like to max all the stats? Is that possible or no? In Oblivion, absolutely it's possible. In Skyrim, well, I guess it's possible in all of them. Um yeah, it's absolutely possible in all of them. You can get every skill to a hundred. Um it's very tough to do. Um, especially if you've because think of it this way. Let's say I made a warrior. Mm-hmm. Right, and I have maxed out my armor and my my blades and my uh, my shield and all that kind of stuff. I've maxed all that out. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm also leveled up a shit ton. So now I'm level eighty as a warrior, and now I'm about to go against enemies that have leveled to me. But I want to try using a bow and being sneaky. Well, I'm not proficient in being a sneaky with a bow. And so these enemies are way too strong for me to try to take on stuff. Like that's like that's like if uh <laughs> that's like if you uh if you were a baseball star this is actually never mind. I was trying to think of a really good sports analogy, but I couldn't find it. It didn't work out much, man. God Justin, Justin, Justin. We don't talk about fucking sports here, all right? Yeah, we don't know anything about sports. <laughs> um, so can you not like? Is there not like? Can you not like farm animals or shit like that? Like the whole does the whole game level up with you, or are there certain things that you could go do repetitively to like go farm up a skill? You know what I'm so, saying? Regular creatures like chickens and cows and stuff, you they don't level, but enemies do. And if you kill a chicken in a town, you're wanted, and then you get in trouble. Oh, um, you get a bounty on you. And um, you but uh, if yeah, enemies will scale with you, and okay. so anything that you're allowed to fight will always scale with you. And even NPCs, like let's say. I'm let's say I'm playing Skyrim and a bandit comes out and I'm level three. That bandit's going to have an iron sword or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I'm level 80, they're going to have this beast sword with maybe an enchantment on it. Oh. And so even the equipment will change and always level with you. What you find in chests will always level with you. Okay. Okay. 
So I, I have another question. I realize it's not on the list here, so I'm just kind of throwing you another full uh, curveball here. But like Skyrim was ten fucking years ago. Like uh, I just now realized that. I'm literally looking at the date on my computer. 2021. Yep. It's near in a decade. F- fuck is there not another one? Uh <laughs> That's a amazing question that I don't have answers to. As I'm not a developer, so like, this what the is fuck are they doing? this has been a long time since we've seen another Elder Scrolls, and I'm so scared it's going to fall into a hype train. That's going to be a letdown, especially with the way that Bethesda has been running things lately. I can't be more. They, than, I I can't are, be a little. Are they even that? working on another one? Yeah, they announced it. Oh, they did uh, two years ago. Okay, well, at least there's that. Yeah, there's the Elder Scrolls 6. It's all you saw was a landscape, and then the words Elder Scrolls 6 pop up, and that's it. Um, that being said, people have already dissected like the landscape that they showed, and we're like, all right, we already know where it is and where it takes place. And uh, all they, of course, diehard fans will dissect the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, we all do. Yeah, and so... Uh, I have no idea what to expect. If you would have asked me three years ago, or even probably a little more, uh, are you looking forward to the next one? I'd be like, oh, hell yeah, of course. I'm going to like take off a week of work, and I'm going to play it as much as I possibly can, day and night. But now, the way that Bethesda run things, with, their, with how rough Fallout 4 came out, and mm-hmm. the whole huge debacles that they keep having about disappointing fans and over-promising and under-delivering, I'm skeptical and I'm scared because Elder Scrolls is one of my favorite RPGs of all times, and I'm scared of the future of it. I played Fallout 4, and I have never played a more fucking boring game in my <laughs> whole fucking life. I was straight bored. I've played, I've played through it a few times, and we'll we'll do a Fallout episode someday um, to go more in depth. But yeah, no, it, they they took a lot of the formula and they they narrowed it down. They didn't make it as easy to. There the the big problem that I think Skyrim has made into a lot of other games, and Fallout Four did it even worse. Was called Radiant Quests. So Radiant Quest means no matter what, the game will create more quests for you. You can never be a quest And so that, that means, so for example, the Dark Brotherhood in Skyrim. Once you complete the entirety of the Dark Brotherhood main quest line, mm-hmm. you so the way the Dark Brotherhood works is that people co- perform what's called the Black Sacrament, which means they basically sacrifice a body and do a ritual to call upon the Dark Brotherhood so they could do an assassination for them. Mm-hmm. And once you're done with all the main plot points and everything's like, all right, everything's hunky-dory and all the problems are solved in the Dark Brotherhood, then you can just do uh, these radiant quests where they literally – that you to talk to someone they say okay that there's there's this there's this priest in this one town he has a mission for you and it's always like never an actual person it's always just like a guy named priest or something and so it's something that the game just generates just for this quest and you never can run out there will never be an end to it and it's called a radiant quest where you are repeatedly told to do this one thing and it never changes ever i will say as a dedicated call of duty completionist that would piss me the fuck off yeah that would make me so angry yeah imagine 
yeah for for you i'd like to think of it as if you did uh like let's say you completed everything and they weren't going to come out with another cod for years Mm -hmm. you did you like let's say you're doing um you're doing a skins mission or something like you're trying to get all the skins for all the weapons as and then I at always the, do. Yeah. And then at the end it says, okay, here are some extra objectives for you. Like this round, you're going to do, you know, 25 kills with an SMG and that's your goal right now. You do that zero reward and then it just populates another one and another one and another one for no reward. Ew. No, no progression towards anything. Ugh. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what it is. That would frustrate me. Yeah, but imagine if it was you could not do anything else other than that. So, like, if you're going through the Dark Brotherhood, there's nothing else for you in the Dark Brotherhood once you beat it. Now you're just at Radiant Quests, and you have nothing else. You have no other options that you can do in the Dark Brotherhood. You're done. I mean, I would just prefer that it would be done. Right. So then I know that I can move on to other parts of the game. Right. I don't know why Bethesda thought, like, we needed that. Well, we don't. Yeah. And it was even worse in Fallout 4. You may have heard memes of uh, a certain gentleman named Preston Garvey. Um, this is more for listeners if you don't get this, Jordan. But Preston Garvey asking you, telling you that there's another se another settlement that needs our attention. And that's a meme everywhere because everyone hates it. <laughs> and that's because it's a radiant quest line. And it goes on for way too long. Yeah, it just carries on and on. No, I could see that being really frustrating. Um, how many times has Skyrim been re-released? <laughs> oh, they're milking it so hard. So there was Skyrim that came out on the... I'm going to start with like Xbox 360, you know, PS2 era. Or, PS3. Uh, it would have been a 3. PS3. PS3? Yeah, there's no way it would yeah, have been right. on a PS2. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. PS2, PS3. God damn it. <laughs> uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 era. And, uh, and then they made the special edition for the Xbox One and the PS4. And then they made... Uh, they also have a Switch version now. A uh, PlayStation VR version now. As well as just a regular VR version. Um, and they just kept making more. And I, so I think there's quite a few out there and I used to collect them. Like I have the regular <laughs> one and I also have the special edition and I also have the PlayStation VR one and I have the, the switch one. If you asked me two years ago, what's your favorite game of all time? I would have said Skyrim, but then I became a big critic and, um, I actually critique things, not just off of nostalgia and immediate mm -hmm. enjoyment, not just face value enjoyment. Cause that's what yeah. Skyrim is. Skyrim is like looking at a beautiful lake. Like gorgeous lake, you know, sun shining off, it's sun setting on air or something, and there's trees all around, and it's the clearest water you've ever seen. And you step in, and even in the center of that lake, it only goes up to your ankles. It's, just a, it's a puddle. And so, it, at face value, it's one of the most exciting experiences ever, but through replaying, revisiting, and becoming a critic, it's not nearly as good as I remember. And yeah. that's why I like Oblivion more now is because I realize, oh, the quests are better in Oblivion. The combat system is better in Oblivion. Yeah. Um, and again, this is all just my opinion. You know, if don't you can fight me in the comments if you want, but I'm not going to fight back because this is just <laughs> my opinion. Um, 
so what comes to mind is I remember like a video of Dr. Disrespect and he's talking about like a press release or something. Maybe it was like E3 or something where Bethesda was there and they were hyping everything up. And then they showed mobile games. Like, is there a mobile version of Skyrim? Can oh, I- yeah. Yeah, there is. Skyrim on my fucking phone? It sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, there is. Uh, oh, boy, I'm looking it up right now. It's El- The Elder Scrolls Blades. It has nothing to do with Skyrim. It is not the timeline of Skyrim. It's not Skyrim on your phone. It is uh, a completely different set of quests that looks that has graphics like it came from the PS2, and it is terrible. Really? It is so so bad. It's um, the combat is awful, and they just tried to make more money. And it oh man, I can't describe it to you. It's free. Go check it out. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out, everyone. Yeah, try it out. <laughs> put me in the put it in the comments. What do you think try of it out. Elder Scrolls Blades? We'll do a whole episode in Elder Scrolls Blades. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not. I'd rather blow my own goddamn brains out. <laughs> oh my god! You say that, but you wouldn't be heartbroken if we did an episode about COD Mobile. Well, COD Mobile's a great fucking game. Have you played COD Mobile? It was you better know. than Modern Warfare. it was definitely i mean the the 2020 modern warfare not like the og modern warfare but you're gonna you're gonna pick some fights i think everybody would fucking agree with me but let's not get off topic here we're talking about (laughs) skyrim (laughs) um damn dude okay uh here's here's one thing i do want to talk about just because we are we are reaching the 50 minute mark um, I'm okay if we go a little over an hour. Um, but one of the biggest things that Elder Scrolls has always had going for it is modding. Mods. Yes, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, the mod community is insane in uh, in in Skyrim, and uh, there are people that are so creative out there. There are pe- there's a mod out there. It's one of the most popular mods out there called the Unofficial Skyrim Patch, and it fixes a bunch of the bugs and issues that people had. Um, and like, it's kind of funny because Bethesda is starting to rely on that now being like, yeah, modders will fix our shit. That's so fucking lazy, dude. I feel so bad. Like anyone who's listening to this episode and I feel like I've just kind of shat on Skyrim this whole episode and I don't mean to Skyrim's having fun playing Skyrim, but I feel like Bethesda is a piece of shit company that doesn't deserve Skyrim. They they weren't, you know, at, at the when Skyrim came out, that was a huge part of it. I mean, they had already built such a trust and loyalty of having an amazing game um, because of Morrowind and Oblivion. People knew, like, oh, these guys are serious and they make really good RPGs. And then they became a, one of the biggest companies out there, and they did what every what happens every time when a game company becomes one of the biggest ones out there. Um, What's that? That's fucking get money hungry and stop caring about the consumer yeah they just get fucking lazy they get lazy they they stop caring it's not a pot it's not a passion project it's not a passion it's not a project that's made with love yeah and i i've played you know i even skyrim's made with love it really is and i'm not and i i've shit on skyrim and says not nearly as good as i remember but i still remember like 
walking out of the tutorial cave for the first time and I and seeing the trees and the water and I was blown away and I thought for years it was my favorite game I really did and uh and it, it's just because I'm a critic and an asshole about it uh, so if it's your favorite game don't think I'm shitting on your favorite game let it be your favorite game it's a great game that has multiple things to offer but I it's it, for me, I think it may, it may also be because I played it too much. Yeah, maybe I've just, overplayed I'm just it. Like a bad radio DJ. Yeah, exactly. And But back to the, the modding thing that I was talking about. There, there's so much creativity in the modding community. And they everything in the modding community is done with love. And uh, Bethesda games have always been the most... The code has always been the easiest to access and the easiest to manipulate, which is why modding runs rampant in, in Bethesda games. Uh-huh. Um, and they knew that. And so they did a few things. So in, by, by the way, what I mean creative, I don't mean just like... They're making, you know, the you can find ones that are like, oh, the texture is better, the graphics are better. They replace some of the swords with different models. I, they added some armor. I'm talking about they make. I mean, one of the most popular ones out there is you can turn every every dragon into a Thomas the Train. T- I was <laughs> about to say that. I saw that and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and here here's the, what's really cool about that specific mod. The main bad dragon, the one that's going to eat the world, is Thomas the Train. And every other dragon in the entire game is a different character from the Thomas the Train. <laughs> so it's not like everyone is Thomas. It's everyone is like a character, and only the big baddie is Thomas the Train. Do you see Thomas the Train like flying around in the sky at some point? Yes. <laughs> Instead of roaring, it honks its... Uh, it, uses the train horn oh my god yeah it's amazing uh there's another really popular one where it turns the uh dragons into a weird warped version of macho man randy savage (laughs) and every time he breathes any his element he just yells oh yeah (laughs) it's one of the best mods ever and it's but uh, yeah, they, there are people that make the game better. There are people that make it worse on purpose. There mm-hmm. are people that just have a dream and they make it happen. In in so that's what Skyrim. It can really be a game that you can make it whatever you want. If you want to play a version of it where you're a farmer and you do nothing but farm, there's a mod for that. You you can you can literally do whatever you want with it in mods. And 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 Bethesda knew this, so they did a couple of things to make it work in their favor and it was some of them were really shitty some of them were really good the great thing that they did was on the ps4 and xbox one versions of skyrim or for the special edition they came out uh with on the main menu there is a mod section so people that made mods can uh can uh Bethesda can ask them, hey, can we use this in the official game? So these are mods that were approved. Yes. So like these were mods that were approved by Bethesda and you can download for free and have your cool naughty experience even if you don't have a PC, which had never been done before. It's fantastic. And I think that's great for the modding community. And it's great for a lot of gamers that want to enjoy mods but can't have a gaming PC. Yeah, I can't afford it. Yeah. And the shitty thing that they did... Was they paid at they at one point they took away mod support in general 
mainly like on Steam, and they created what's called the Creation Club. And they also, well, sorry, this was before Creation Club. They they stopped the supporting of mods, and even on Steam, there's something called the Steam Workshop, and that's how you can download mods for a lot of your favorite games on Steam. And they took away access to that, and instead they they put a bunch of ones up there that they approved and charged you for it. So they would pay Ooh. a modder a very paltry sum, and they would uh, rake in profits. And people were like, no, 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 no. And there was a huge uproar of anger because it's like, we've always had mods. I've always had my modding for free. Why are you make, charging me for something that it was free and was part of our community? And That's like it, it was rude. it was its own community. Like this is a group of people that want to play with your game's code. They're playing with something that they own. I purchased the game and now I it's like if I bought a shirt from Target and it was like a Target branded shirt or whatever and then I decorated it with however I wanted and and I cut off the sleeves and make it its whole new own thing. And I gave it to someone. Well, instead, Target was like, no, 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 no. Give that to us, and then we're going to sell it. It's like, no, I bought Fucking this product, assholes. and I, I was creative with it. And and so because of the backlash of that, they created – they stopped that. They let you have your free mods back, but they made the Creation Club. The Creation Club is in Fallout 4 and Skyrim, and it's basically paid mods – but you also have the option of doing – but they take like the most popular ones. So there was a game called Campfire – or there was, a, there was a mod called Campfire. And Campfire you can still get on PC and uh, it's you know it's still on Steam and everything. But uh, – and uh, it's a game – it's a mod where you get materials and wherever you are, you can make a campfire and make your own little campsite while you're adventuring. It's a great mod. Yeah. Um, and nice. it's a delightful mod. And uh, Bethesda instead on their, the ones that are approved by them, they took some of the most popular ones and they, cause they still, you know, the, on the, the, at the consoles, you still have your, your mod section where you can download your mods. Well, now they have the creation club where it's like, we're going to take the most popular ones and take these ones that are really polished and we're going to make those you have to pay for, but you can still pay for everything or then, or you could, but then you could still get your free ones down here, but they're not going to be as good. Mm. And they, they're still doing that on the console ones. What's really funny to me, so there is also still the Creation Club in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Um, or sorry, not Skyrim, in the PC version of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And you can still go into the Creation Club. Uh, and there's a mod on uh, an amazing website called Nexus Mods, the most popular one that people use for modding. There's a mod on there that gets rid of the Creation Club option on the main menu. <laughs> so it's literally just a slap in the face to Bethesda. It's one of my favorites. It's so funny. Oh, my God. That's fucking rude. <laughs> but overall, Skyrim is a game that's worth playing, especially if you want to see one of the roadmarks for one of the landmarks for RPG gaming. It's 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 one of the it's, – it, like, it's kind of like uh, – Lord of the Rings in the way that 
a lot of things afterwards wanted to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And a lot of, in uh, same thing with like Harry Potter, Star Wars, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of tropes that came out of those amazing movie franchises that stuck ever since. And same thing with Skyrim and the previous Elder Scrolls games. They have been trendsetters with their with their games. And lately, those trends have not been good. <laughs> with bethesda before they were great they're making these amazing expansive worlds and they were increasing the expectations of what an rpg open world should be um and they were they were raising that bar but now there are others that do it better and even some of the ones that we thought were do it better are not doing so hot (laughs) cyberpunk (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah which we will do an episode on Cyberpunk someday. Absolutely. I Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a plan, man. Um, I don't know. I feel good about this episode. Do you think you want to wrap it up here? Yeah, I th- I think I think we're good. I think we touched yeah. on most things. This might have not been nearly as rambunctious as prior the prior episode, but um yeah, I think we did pretty good. Uh I mean it's all good. You can check me out. Um, I we are uh, at uh, a vid game podcast on Twitter. Uh, go and check us out there. Um, like I said, we said at the beginning of the episode, we are now on Spotify and Apple Apple Podcasts, so you can check us out there as well. Um, we'll begin. We're going to be posting every Sunday, so every Sunday expect to see a new episode from us, each one about a different game. Um, and uh I'm, jordan I'm, do you want to plug? dude okay absolutely i want to plug um so i am captain redbeard 96 on facebook gaming i honestly dude i've gotten away from streaming i don't even know why i'm still plugging it but <laughs> who cares man uh, but yeah make sure you check us out on youtube spotify i mean whatever it is um, dude, I will say though, I am so excited about our next episode. Let me fucking tell you, bro. No, don't tell them. <sighs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. All you guys, if you want to know what we're going to come out with next week on Wednesdays, I will post a sneak peek on Twitter. So I if- am so excited, dude. Yeah. I think it is. I mean, one of the games in their series, I think, is the best first-person shooter of all time. All time. Better than Rainbow Six Siege. Better than anything Call of Duty has put out. I'm so excited for this. Guys, come back next week. Um, check us out on Twitter so you can see what it is. Yeah, it's Animal Crossing. <laughs> Did you imagine if Animal Crossing turned into a first-person shooter? <laughs> Like you're fishing, you're owning your house in your it's town. It's like the deer hunting games that you can play in an arcade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then eventually, then you find a weird hunter that gives you a gun. And you can just first person shooter. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh my god. All right, all right, all right. Let's. Excuse me. Let's wrap it up there. All right. Sounds good. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Sharing is a huge thing when we are a new channel like this. Um, but Rate us on Apple Podcasts, too. That's really helpful. If you can give us a good rating, we'll definitely shout you out. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. I'm sorry. We've done like three of one last things. Um, we're going to do a new thing where if you put in the comments 
uh, a suggestion about what you would like us to talk about, even if it's not a full game. First of all, definitely recommend games to us. But if it's not a full game, not a big deal. If you want us to compare two things or you want us to share your idea, put it in the comments um, on on YouTube for those of you listening on YouTube, and we will uh, we'll shout you out and uh, and talk about it in the last you know twenty or so minutes of the podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this, man. This has been a ton of fun. This is a really, really good passion project for both of us. I know Justin, you've been thriving doing this. Yes, this is my this has been my busy work and it's great. <laughs> Alright. Well hey, thank you guys so much for listening. Come back next week. Peace out. Bye everyone. <laughs> <laughs>